Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars victory. It's been a long time coming. Chicago defeat Portland Thorns FC 2-1. We're going to hit you all up with the recap, our thoughts, our opinions. We're excited to talk about this game. And then, as usual, towards the latter end of the episode, we'll chat a bit about next week's match against Orlando Pride. So there's a lot to get through here today. Can't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm joined here today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. Claire, how you doing today? I'm good. You're right. There is a lot to talk about. Sometimes there isn't a lot to talk about. But it, t- this week there is, I feel. Like soccer we, things to talk about. We've uh, <laughs> We've been pretty honest this season in covering some of these Chicago Red Stars games. And there have been some episodes, quite frankly, where we're like, guess what, guys? There's actually not new things or new developments here to go and take deep dives on. But that's not the case right. uh, with this recap against Portland Thorns. We're actually quite excited to chat a bit about it. Um, there's some like history-making angles in there that, that, that we'll get into. It was a delightful, delightful win. An important win, honestly, for Chicago at this point in the season, um, considering they've only got a handful of games left, considering the league only has about five weeks left of, of the regular season. So let's take a look at maybe starting lineups just to get our first impressions of everything. Chicago Red Stars on this day lined up as followed against Portland Thorns. They had Cassie Miller and net. They had Aaron Wright, Turner Davidson, Sarah Gordon, Casey Kruger to run out the back line. They had Vanessa DiBernardo, Rachel Hill, Mallory Pugh, Morgan Gatra, and Sarah Waldmull to round out their starting 11. I mean, first impressions in this one, I think maybe with the exceptions of two really big players that have been absent for large parts of this season, this is about as strong as a lineup for Chicago Red Stars in 2021. Yeah. I mean, yes, for who they have available. I mean, essentially you have to look at right. The uh, Nayer and Ertz, I think you have to, we're in seasoning and season ending injury conversation at this point. Um, No, this is if the, if they had a playoff game tomorrow, this is your starting 11. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the only intrigue is even too strong of a word. I had been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, just about um, I was interested to see what happened when Vanessa DiBernardo was uh, full 90 fit, whether that would, whether what they saw from Katie Johnson in that sort of false nine role was something that they wanted to explore further, or if it really was just like, let's get through this period without DiBernardo, and then we'll... Um, put Johnson kind of back into her role as one of the first subs in attacking subs in. And so they just went back, they went back to, to what they, they had been doing at the beginning of the season, very balanced midfield, right. Between Gatra, Wolmo and, and DiBernardo. I think they like that, especially against a team um, with the, what's the physical prowess of, of Portland is maybe a good way to put it. Portland is kind of a special beast in terms of physicality because they're not, um, I would not say that they are physical in the way I would describe like Orlando or Gotham as physical, which is like where the bodies are flying a little bit. Yeah. Portland is physical aggro. in a way that just like wears you down, you know? Um, and so I think Chicago was trying to probably it's, it's not like uh it's not so much real aggro, it's just like right. real relentless. It's relentless, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, it's I think that this is their strongest eleven, and I think that with everyone fit, this is what we will be seeing going forward as they try to gel going into hopefully the postseason. 
for sure. I was also a little just curious, like how really both teams were going to line up just considering the international break that was in play, like who exactly was going to be available, like, and how that was going to look and why, um, for the Portland Thorn side, I think they were out with a, a big player of their own and somebody like Lindsey Rand, who is currently like navigating, um, I think it's a knee injury of her own, but for, for Portland, um, they lined up as follows. They had Bella Bigsby and that Megan Klingenberg, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Menges, and Kristen Westfall. And, uh, and their defense, they had Olivia Moultrie, Angela Salem, Celeste Bourier, Crystal Dunn, Christine Sinclair, and Morgan Weaver to run out their starting 11. Talking a little bit about relentless things. Morgan Weaver, man. She's got an yeah, engine. Yeah, her getting she has a got start. An engine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think probably for Portland, they're what they would probably like to do is start Sophia Smith and then bring Morgan Weaver on late to Morgan Weaver is the classic. She's like the hammer that you bring on if you're chasing a goal or if you're trying to consolidate a lead. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it was interesting to watch Portland as well because I don't think that was their strongest 11. Um, I think that obviously their strongest 11 would have Lindsay Horan in it. They didn't change the formation cause they don't, but they did change crystal Dunn's role. She, when, when they have everybody available, Christine Sinclair usually plays the 10, uh, Crystal Dunn, Lindsay Horan played dual eights, and then they have Angela Salem in the six and they didn't have all of those people. So Crystal Dunn played the 10. Um, they had Celeste Bure start Rocky Rodriguez didn't come in until the second half. Um, and, but the one other thing, and I, uh, this is not a Portland Thorns podcast, but the thing that I'm always so curious about is Kristen Westfall getting starts over Nally Quica, who is really good. And I, nothing against Kristen Westfall, who also does a perfectly, perfectly fine job, but that is a coaching thing that I'm like, what is exactly going on there? So, um, and in fact, I think it was a mistake. <laughs> I think yeah. that it didn't work for them. And Portland sometimes has a history Mark Parsons Portland has a history sometimes of making these coaching decisions for whatever reason and having it go kind of sideways in the game. And so I think that that, if there was one thing that I'm sure Chicago was a little bit like, okay, we know where we want to go. It's the outside. So, yeah, I'm a little curious if like, again, this isn't the Thorns podcast, but I am a little curious if that was made on the third side of things considering the schedule that they've got in front of them as well like with the right coming up in, in their next week so but i don't know this this i'm not saying that this game didn't have meaning for the thorns i would never assume that uh but it is not unfair to say that this was not their strongest uh starting 11 and it's also not unfair to say that that doesn't matter this is still a pretty stacked team well and They're also quite talented and this game did have meaning if they would have won this game right against chicago they would have at the very least clinched a playoff spot oh yeah no i i want to like i do think it's important to say since we are the people who are focusing in on this match that um while this was not portland's best 11 they wanted to win this game. There was no, I did not watch this game thinking like Portland thorns are, are, are um, feeling apathetic or they're feeling a little bit slow or, you know, they weren't executing probably to the best of their ability, but they were doing what they do. Um, and so I think that that is why I enjoyed the game so much is because I did think that Portland wanted to win and they were trying to execute that um, despite the fact that they didn't have everybody Um but I also, I mean, we're talking about how Portland didn't have everybody, but I don't think who Portland didn't have was greater than who Chicago has not had. So yeah. I think that at this point, 
it's a little bit of actually recency bias to be like, oh, they didn't have yep. Lindsey Horan, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but Chicago yep. hasn't had some of their best players all season. So I don't yeah, really shut up. Yeah. So like, I don't <laughs> think that's a good excuse. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have the toes that you have and you go play a soccer game. You know, you have the toes that you have. That's right. That man. And here we are mm-hmm. several months into the season. And that is the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah narrative that we were looking for you have those <laughs> that you have cheers to that first from, from yeah. claire hawkins oh man let's um let's continue to set this scene a little bit more here for for this game specifically um now that we're talking about the starting 11s and our reactions to to the uh, rosters and available personnel for for this match um you know, it was the Red Stars' first home game back in quite some time. It had been a little a little while since they had had a, a game in, in SeatGeek. Uh, feels like almost a month, actually. Pretty, pretty long time. So they were going to get to finally host a game at home. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't been in since, like, because I missed the last game because I was visiting family. Yeah. So I hadn't been in, I think, in over a month. It felt like a really long time. Yeah, it, it did. It did feel it. It was and it felt that way. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a while to to get back in there on, on a match day experience. Um, also, this was going to be the final regular season meeting between these two sides, because these are two clubs that um, only have on their schedule to meet two times as opposed to the three times for maybe some other clubs out there. And the last time that these two teams met, it kind of sucked on the Chicago Red Stars side of things. It was the uh, season opener. It was the very first game of the regular season and they bombed. They lost 5-0 to Portland and it absolutely sucked. Uh, It was something that they were not happy about, talked about it, and it kind of set the tone, quite frankly, for a little bit of how that first uh, maybe third of the season went. It was tough for Chicago to bounce back from something like that yeah and um it was maybe something that was in the back of their minds a little bit potentially as a motivating factor for this one um so here was a shot for them to to get one final shot at Portland potentially in the regular season to sort of show who they are and what they got so uh and then on top of that uh we were taking a look at uh you know the personnel who were going to be involved and stuff like that so first whistle kicks off um i gotta say man it just sort of felt like sh- the energy that chicago was bringing off of this first whistle was pretty significant like you could kind of feel it like you could kind of feel like this team was bringing the game to portland and yeah. kind of forcing them to read what chicago was bringing yeah no it felt like that's a good point and i do think finally we are finally right if we want to pick some arcs i do think a good one is that first half of the season after that Portland loss was very up and down, right? They devastating loss in Portland, come back, play Gotham to a nil, nil draw. And you're like, that was better question mark. (laughs) Um, Amazing win over North Carolina, horrible loss against Louisville. Um, Both of those uh, at home, right? So like even just their home record has been all over the place, but it does feel like whether it's just through sort of a grueling schedule, cause they've not had a lot of time off. Um, there's a steadiness that has occurred and yes, we kind of complain that it's boring. It's hard sometimes to do this week by week, but um, I also felt like, and I don't know if this is something that the players respond to, but it's definitely something that like I respond to is the feeling of fall sports feels a little bit different too. Um, and I think that there is an energy that always happens in 
Chicago or even whether it's like the fans or with any sort of idea of like a tournament bump, which didn't really occur this year, big pandemic, Tokyo Olympics, whatever. But um, people really like going to sports games in the fall in the Midwest like that. It feels the air is crisp. You're wearing your favorite hoodie. Um, It just feels a little bit different. Sun goes down at seven. Right. And that was how it felt to me. And it felt like not only were these teams getting playoff ready, but it felt like the fans were feeling like, okay, we are moving into the home stretch here. There's only a couple of games left. This is we're, we're bringing this feeling in of every game matters and we want to bring that energy. And I think it elevated the play. I felt like the play was elevated by the environment. And I thought that that was great. Yeah, I I would echo that. Yeah, I absolutely would echo that. I I don't think there's any falsities in there whatsoever. There is something about this final stretch, Mm -hmm. right? And we've been talking already about it for a little bit with this team and what we wanted to see. It really started when we were looking at that game that they were going to play against Kansas City. We were like, this is it, y'all. Like this, this is this is the part. This is the season, the regular season that everybody was was waiting for that it was going to be a playoff vibe from here on out and it was it's real easy to to maybe kind of say that and have that kind of energy against I don't know a last place team that you should absolutely have circled on the calendar and say we're going to go and beat you and it's a completely different vibe to maybe keep that energy and carry it and keep it going against the top ranked team in the league that has been the top ranked team in the league all year and yeah. quite frankly also the deepest team in the league so it was really great to sort of see this opening 15 opening 20 minutes from Chicago kind of like press like pressuring Portland and I, you just sort of felt like a goal was going to come eventually but I'm surprised it didn't come a little earlier um but they were creating some really really good chances yeah but that's still Chicago right like that's just that, they, they yeah. got to knock a couple times right this that's yeah. also part of the narrative for Chicago this year just doing a lot of cool things in front of goal in the final third and not getting the payoff uh doesn't make it any less cool but it definitely makes it frustrating I'm sure uh but watching very early and we're going to probably be talking about these uh two players a lot in 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 this uh in this recap um but watching really early the um early involvement in active movement from the flanks whether it was on Aaron Wright's side or whether it was over on Casey Kruger's side and watching their involvement in this game was huge and I think for me it absolutely uh helped set the tempo and dictate how things were going to uh, keep going. And so to see uh, the first goal, the first breakthrough goal come through in this game on Portland side, it was a little bit like mm, that wasn't supposed to happen, but at the same time, it was unshocking that it did. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where it's, <laughs> I actually, I've grown to really enjoy Chicago and Portland playing each other as Chicago has over the last couple of years, you know, that five, nothing loss notwithstanding it maybe just say in Chicago, Chicago yeah. has done a better job of playing the thorns and they actually have always played the thorns pretty well in Chicago, a lot of ties, but yeah. um, I think that, yeah, the beginning of this game, and, and this is maybe something overarching as well, a little bit less true, maybe for the last 25 minutes because Chicago really collapsed in and just did a lot of in front of the ball defending, but I felt like, and I think that this is so boring, what I'm about to say, but it's also just like what the <laughs> that's the red stars is I felt like Chicago at this point, this 11 in terms of their roles are very, very clear. And if there's one thing that they've really started improving on over time, it is 
executing specific roles that play to each player's strengths. So you talk about a player like Aaron Wright, who is going to smoke you on the wings and has been told, push up, go be a winger. <laughs> you look at her heat map. It's hilarious. She had a fabulous game against Portland, but she, she was up. She was a big part of the attack. And so, and then Chicago is like, okay, we're not playing in a three back, but we are sort of in this three back pivot, which requires the center backs to be very comfortable in a lot of space and also requires Casey Kruger to be really good one V one because she's the one that has to stop crosses from coming into the back end because Aaron Wright has to come back and do recovery runs, all of which was executed really well in this game. You had Sarah Wolmo who was basically trying to pin crystal Dunn, and, and like, with Portland's goal didn't quite do so, so successfully, but crystal Dunn's amazing. Um, Morgan Gatra is, you know, running things as, as the eight, she's the box to box midfielder, Vanessa DiBernardo, I thought had a lot of really nicely placed passes that just honestly, Portland center backs are exceptional. They, they uh, broke them off. And then like, you look at someone like Rachel Hill, who just runs, runs and runs and runs and runs. And, and I think actually she was better on the ball this week than, than she has been in the past, but Chicago you know, we've, we've maybe complained enough about the talent ceiling of this particular group, but one of the things you can do with that is turn into a unit that becomes greater than their parts. And I think that that is maybe what we saw, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. It almost like hearing you say it out loud, it almost sort of gave me a little bit of clarity. I was like, there you go. Yeah. I was just like, there you go. Maybe it's not the team of uh, superstars that you can point at, right. but they're, they're maybe it's just like one collective unit versus right. just like a couple of stars here and there. But I'd also, be, of course, of that. course, Christine Sinclair scored. <laughs> yeah. And like, honestly, like we're talking about Sarah Wilma yeah. also having like a really good game. And like, yeah. even though she was tasked with a specific thing. Yeah. And I think that's what we really did enjoy about this game. Like you love to see a game plan question right. mark and like yeah. the execution of that, which was also very exciting. I think for us to, to watch it take in. Um, but even though somebody like Wilma had been doing a good, an excellent job of her role, which was to sort of keep an eye on, on Crystal Dunn. Crystal Dunn still had this impact in the game. That's just who she is. Right. Creating the, this space and creating these lanes, you know, and then picking out somebody like a Christine Sinclair who just, right. that's what she does yeah. against Chicago. Well, and because they were also worried about Crystal Dunn, they, for, this is what Portland does though. They're they, like, they bomb they're like you gotta they worry about you. all these players. And then here comes yeah. Christine Sinclair right behind them. Just to yeah. clean and then, everything uh, up. Yeah. Shot from distance though. It wasn't like, that's the other thing yeah. too. It wasn't like one of these like, annoying ass typical Sinclair like goals going, she's yeah, the right, right, place yeah. in the right time and she just right, toe right. pokes it right, like right. this is a shot from distance it was a nice shot yeah. yeah forcing Miller to make like a you know a leaping save and just sailed past the keeper into the net so it was a nice it was a nice shot it was a really nice goal and also nothing um, like Miller did everything she possibly yeah, could that's what, hit that's the what one point on the post yeah. that was going in like yeah that's how good the goal yeah. was yeah exactly so uh but after the opening you know 20 ish minutes of this game and then to have portland go up it just sort of felt like the, it felt familiar and it felt confusing at the same time because it's just because of what we were seeing the chicago red stars bring and then to have them have that opening goal but a delightful thing happened in this game that kept it 
very, very entertaining. The Chicago Red Stars immediately come back the other way, just maybe 60 seconds later, if that, uh, with uh, an equalizer mm-hmm. of their own. And we're talking a lot about the action between uh, either side of the flank and then sort of seeing this, this run down the right side. And then you've got Hill that sends in this this monster ball into the box and it finds really Bella Bixby. Yeah, Bella Bixby actually had two errors that led to that goal. Yeah, Yeah. she actually was out of position. She wanted to come and try to play this ball and gets a hand on it and bobbles it. Does isn't able is not able to come up with this ball and it falls to uh, Aaron Wright in the box. And she has the presence of mind to not take a shot of her own and she could have really if she wanted to take another touch uh but she instead lays it off to another red stars player who made a run in the box in kalia watt and kalia watt gets this ball and doesn't think for a second she as soon as she gets the ball she gets a foot on it and it's past the two center backs that had scurried back to try to get in position right on, on the, the goal, goal line yeah. and it is an equalized game all of a sudden one one Well, I think also maybe you want to look at the other theme, the theme that was coming from the team after the game had a little bit to do actually just with mental sharpness and and mental rest and feeling like they were making good decisions, um, both in the attack and on defense. And I think that particular scenario, I don't know if you want to call it growth, but it is more just like, yeah, they were very mentally sharp in this game because the decision making was very good was much better. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's something that Chicago has struggled with a little bit where they get themselves into these great positions and then just the decision making isn't there. And, um, and we've seen that on, on the defense as well, right. Where they get flipped for some silly reason and, and they're just, it, it's frustrating, but um, the presence of mind from Aaron Wright to find Kalia Watt and then Watt placing it really nicely away or with enough power. I just think that the center backs couldn't, couldn't really react um those kinds of things maybe in the first third of the season that opportunity goes to waste somehow and um i think that that is what you want to see you want to see the game kind of slow down in the moment right and you want those moments where you think surely they're going to score they actually are able to do that and you want that for them, but it's also just really important <laughs> to the result. And so, yes, it's a spill from Bixby. She'll, she'll want to, that is an indicator also of where Portland's at right now. They have a much younger, less experienced goalkeeper than they have in the past. But um, I think, yeah. And, and this, that's a theme. I, I do think that is a theme. And they talked about how um, over the international break, they worked on, they talked about just working on physical fitness a little bit. They're really ramping up to be at their at their best going into this home stretch, but just having the presence of mind to make good decisions when either you're stressed or you're tired. And I think that that is something that we saw as well. So I think that you can call that goal really easy. Obviously, it was an opportunity, but still, it's it's a it's a point of progress that they executed it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I think first half Chicago Red Stars versus uh, 2021 second half uh, Chicago Red Stars, it's it's a different opportunity and it might not, uh, it, it, it goes either wide or it doesn't turn into anything at all. But uh, it was a level game and it keeps things interesting. And they go on a halftime uh, all tied up at one. Um, and 
Portland's pissed? Question mark. I mean, they come out into the second half, right? And Mark Parson makes a triple substitution to start the second half. And, you know, he brings on, he brings on Quaker, you know, he brings on Sophia Smith. He brings on Rocky Rodriguez. And, you know, I remember like sitting in the press box with you and like us both seeing them like warm up and we go, oh, okay. That's a, those are players that can impact a game. Well, and again, part of it, part of the reason why they obviously needed to do that work that they did over the international break is we're feeling great about this win, but guys, this 11 is it. They are it. (laughs) So rally, rally, rally. This is those that you have and they start the game and they are it. And so, um, Actually, I mean, that's not entirely true, right? I think Danny Colaprico coming off the bench, Katie Johnson coming off the bench. You have a couple players, a couple players who can come in and I think support the game plan. I don't know if they have particular game changers. Obviously, if they were chasing a game, they can do the exact same thing they've done in the past, have Colaprico come in, push Katra forward, all of that sort of stuff. But um, it plan A is very important to the Red Stars. And when they execute it well, it's great. But yeah, it. Well, again, it felt like that semifinal in 2019. Portland did the same thing. Why does Portland do this? I know, <laughs> well, I know why coming, they did it this time. Smith and, and Rodriguez were tired, but because yeah. they had been playing during the international break and, and Chicago relied instead very heavily on Mallory Pugh to come in and, and play a, a big impact. But um, yeah. yeah, I, but I think Chicago wasn't rattled. I don't know. I think, it's, I think that's maybe the, the biggest takeaway too yeah. from this type of game instead of instead of the win. You know, to bring those are three huge pieces mm-hmm. for Portland. We yeah, noticed yeah. immediately when they weren't in the starting eleven, and we noticed immediately when they got inserted into the game in the second half. And um, Portland did. They did take control of that second half early early on. Um, Chicago came out yeah. and had a couple opportunities uh, with Mal Pugh kind of running things down down uh, down the wing maybe in the first couple minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But after that, it was mostly Portland up until the hour mark. Yeah. And you could sort of see what a player alongside, you know, Rocky Rodriguez alongside somebody else like an Angela Salem can do for their midfield mm-hmm. and can really sort of both disrupt some things and create some things. Um, and Sophia Smith getting on the ball does some really cool things too. So it was very easy to maybe sort of see that this game could start turning and taking a turn a little bit, mm-hmm. but something cooler actually happened instead. Chicago didn't allow that to happen, and uh, it is it is a testament to their preparation um, to this game specifically and what we're talking about in terms of their decision making. And that's really what we're sort of tying in together with this. Some of the post game stuff, right, that we had heard and we were heard all this from yeah, sure, Rory Dames, but also. Kalia Watt, Rachel Hill, players who were significant in this game and talking about the preparations for that. So the second goal, this go-ahead goal, comes courtesy of Mallory Pugh's great architecture. She's like the next great architecture in Chicago. She comes in, which comes down the line with the ball, takes it about as far as she, she can go. And just like the precision on this service into the box i watched it multiple times yeah no that cross good that cross was amazing it it really was it was low this is like this is a a data wonk sort of a thing but um lofting crosses rarely work the best kind of crosses are low and towards the penalty spot and she nailed that i mean obviously they're more likely to get blocked that way but when it works it really works um and 
I actually though want to shout out what happens before that run that she makes. Cause she has the ball and she has Aaron right behind her. And this is actually a really good use. Like this tape is really good tape on both ends of how you stretch a defense to create space. And also how the Portland defense kind of, they didn't, they didn't close down on their space well enough. And so Wright is right behind Pew. Pew sees what is happening with Portland defensively. She cross, she, she kicks it back to Wright, And then she starts moving forward. Portland, I, I, I on the right side, I guess that would be. Lindenberg. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so that would be, um, and, and they don't really know exactly where to step because they've got Pew moving forward and they've got right with the ball. So then right kicks it back up to Pew who now has more space and then is able to get end line and, and send that ball in. And so I think that that was a good example of how, when you don't like what you see, and again, this is like progress from like Pew and from right. If you don't like what you see, see if you can change it. See, you know, find a teammate, move the ball around, see how the defense reacts, and then maybe you'll have a better shot, you know? And so I think that that obviously Chicago has gotten some, a bad rep for being over patient, but I don't think that's the problem. I think it's this, it's the, um, trying to force it in where a defense is already set up. So I thought that that was great. And then the cross itself was, was exceptional. So, and, and Hill was making the run, which again, in the first third of the season, we weren't always getting. So. I just, I just want to like, take a second to just say how nice it really is talk about soccer i know chicago <laughs> red stars game i we yeah. don't do we don't do video but the yeah. googly eyes that i'm giving <laughs> claire right now as we're talking about this game yeah is they're full on like level 10 googly eyes i'm just like oh keep talking and it's just so nice um again a game plan well executed well executed you'd love yeah. to see it uh yeah. it was it was delightful mm-hmm. it was delightful because not only were were we starting to see around the hour mark, some waves of pressure from Chicago, they were making an attempt to sort of wrangle this game back right. away from Portland. And we've seen Chicago do that throughout certain games during this regular season. And we've seen Chicago, you know, present an attack. We haven't seen it well executed or lethal and seen the goals come from that, but we've seen them present an attack. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't paid off in terms of the goals and stuff like that. So it was really, really fucking dope to see Chicago start doing these things that we have seen them. You know, it was familiar. We've seen them do this right. and they start ch- trying to turn the tide a little bit and work the momentum back into their favor and see them providing this pressure and coming in like attacks and then actually seeing it pay off with a goal. It was yeah. like really, it was just really nice. It was like, wow growth maybe mm-hmm. we'll see yeah. don't want to get too high off your own supply of one game but we have we enjoyed this game we wanted to take uh some time to to dive into it a little bit and um it was really dope to not just see the offensive side of stuff have the payoff for chicago but their ability to remain the team that we know they are to be which is a pretty organized defensive minded type of team mm-hmm. because portland are who they are Right, and right. they, of course, tried to wrangle the game back towards the, the winding minutes. Right. And Chicago was presented with some really tough challenges. I mean, we're talking about late game defensive scenarios, yep. set piece, free kick, set pieces, corner kicks yep, that they yep. were conceding, you know, and having to really sort of lock it in. And and they did, you yep, know, yep. 
keeping late substitutions, Alyssa bringing on those players who can just sort of keep running, yep. bringing on an Alyssa Moss, bringing on a Katie Johnson, bringing on a Daniel Colaprico to just sort of keep bullying the midfield a little bit. That's important. Yeah. That's important in a game like this. Well, and also just a pretty particular, you know, very, it's a very Rory Dames move to, I think they brought DiBernardo off, bring the 10 off and bring in a six. You know, they were just really trying to close this out defensively. Um, yeah. And the one thing I also want to shout out Katie Johnson though, for is at the very end of this game. So Chicago is not doing a great job of killing the game, but they, at the very end, I think Portland started to waver a tiny bit. They were running out of time. They got less stoppage time than I thought they were going to get. Maybe they yes. thought too. I thought they were going to yes. get five. They only got two. Yep. Um, so Katie Johnson, they, they kicked the, on the right side of the field, they kicked the ball up. Right. And I think Chicago gets like a throw in and they're trying to kill the game, trying to take it to the corner. The way Katie Johnson has the ability, and, and I just, I don't say this in like, it's not even really a gamesmanship sort of a way, but late game fouls, Katie Johnson is so good at like, when you need someone to get in there, it's like, it's like basketball. If you need someone to get in there and, and get fouled to kill, you know, just to keep the clock moving or like in basketball, it's like free throws. Right. But she's so good at that. And she, that was like one of the final moments of the game was she got the ball um, in front of Portland's box and then drew a foul. And I was just like, yeah, that's it. That's exactly how you end this. And then the game was over. So it was delightful. Yeah. It was a, it was a great win. Uh, it was a good team win. We loved to see it. It was nice to be back at SeatGeek after a very long time. And it was really dope to see this type of soccer being played from the Chicago Red Stars team this this deep into the regular season. Right. Um, obviously, being able to stick around and participate in some post-game medias where we uh, learned the extra information in terms of the preparation for a game like this. And we heard Khalil Watt and Rachel Hill allude to that as such, that a lot of the training and prep for this game was about uh, decision was around decision making and in moments of you know being fatigued and sometimes faltering in that and Rory Dames elaborating that they don't have they haven't had some great moments of decision making in the late minutes when players are actually tired because and it all sort of echoes back to what 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 you said Claire because these are the toes you have the toes you have the that toes you have. have yeah so if those are the toes that you have you got to make sure that they're making the right choices so it's uh it all sort of is it's, the picture is coming uh, together a little bit more. But uh, like I said, you don't want to maybe get too high or too low off of one game. Right. In this league. Uh, Got to have those short memories when it comes to, to NWSL and soccer in general. And I would like to see another one, quite frankly. So they've got Orlando Pride coming up. This is a big one. This is really. Yeah, this is a big one. And the funny thing, too, is like Chicago what Orlando's like a weird little, you know, yeah. they're a weird little one for, for Chicago right now. Like even in 2019, they dropped two results right to Orlando or they, and they almost, they almost didn't win that, that famous game that, that Casey Kruger won for them. Um, there's something about Orlando with, with yeah. Chicago. I wonder if it's just cause they don't see them that much. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's like, they always feel like a bit of a foreign object, but um this is big. They have two games against Orlando left one here and one down in Florida. Um, and this is, it's really important. It is really important. It is really big. We were talking, we were talking a little bit about it post game, you know, as we were, you know, wrapping up work in the press box and, and, and filing on deadline and stuff like that. And just, just sort of feeling like this, this is going to be the first game 
of like a, maybe a, a mini two playoff series. Right. And if somehow Chicago can wrangle four points out of these two games, that it'll be com- in very, very significant um, and probably lead them into a, a more clearer playoff picture. Um, but first things first, they've got this one coming up this week against Orlando pride. It is going to be at home, a chance to maybe sort of chip into these tiebreakers that we feel are very weird in 2021 that are obviously going to come into play some sort of way. If it's going to happen in a certain type of year, it just feels like it's going to happen in 2021, but Orlando coming off of uh, a loss uh, themselves are coming off of a recent pretty loss. Bad one. Pretty, pretty, pretty tough one, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, where they had a lot of their big pieces in play. We're talking Mm -hmm. about the return of an Alex Morgan who had missed a significant amount of time after the Olympics because she exited the Olympics with, I think it was a calf injury of her own. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, she missed a huge chunk of of games um, with Orlando pride uh, as they returned from the Olympics. And I think she only got like one game with them um, before they went off to this recent international break, but they lost three zero to OL rain. And this is with, you know, a Sydney LaRue who has been having a very, very strong season for Orlando Pride, but no one can do anything alone, right? Um, having someone like Marta available off the bench in that one, still not really seeing an impact. Ashton Harris returning from what looked like was going to be like a, a really scary neck injury uh, in a game against Houston, but she has come back uh, into form for for Orlando. So so they're typical, you would consider star players, they're, they're starting type caliber players were available for their previous match and we're operating on the assumption before we see an injury report that they could possibly be available again um, for this one. So there's something about this Orlando pride team under um, interim head coach, Becky Burley right now, where they're sort of maybe playing a certain type of way. And the last game against this Orlando pride team was pretty ugly. Quite frankly, Uh, there were some, just for lack of a better phrasing, maybe more accurate phrasing, just some kind of reckless challenges. Yeah, not, I think that good. was that was like Chicago's last bad loss. I yeah, think. kind of ugly game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a part of it was not seeing maybe the game plan that was ex- supposed to be executed executed uh and also like a combination of just like frustration settling in yeah. with maybe some of the aggro like tackles that like they were on the bad end of um, they got beat know. in transition i mean that game right they just got really smoked in transition yeah. twice and nobody and likes that no, in this league. it's so it's like, i have to imagine as a player that's so annoying yeah, yeah. you're automatically like well shit this yeah. is gonna be on the stupid yeah. socials you know it's like those are the those types of quick transition goals are always the one that tends to, to get the the big highlights right yeah. so uh not not pretty in a multitude of ways both being handed a loss and also you know having a couple players exit the game due to some really really tough tackles and right, thankfully right. here we are in this they're, part they're of the season yeah. they're fine they're playing yeah. well morgan gatra having a lights out season uh danny colaprico impacting things off the bench for chicago when they when they need her to um so in terms of this game in particular i'm not too sure what to expect from this orlando pride side because there i feel like there was a a certain stretch of games there under becky burley where they were trying to have this sort of mentality of being like, let's get after it. Let's go. And sometimes when you're feeding that type of energy to your players being like, Oh, we've got to, we've got to be a little bit more relentless. We've got to be more aggressive, you know, and you're not maybe doing things on the tactical side. 
sometimes that can just sort of come off as reckless and they're not executing the right thing. So um, I don't know if I've been seeing that similar vibe from this Orlando Pride team in recent weeks. I did definitely didn't see it against this loss against O.L. Reign. So I'm not too sure what right. Chicago is going to be presented with on the Orlando side of things in this match. Yeah, I think it really depends, right? It depends on like what Orlando sort of shows up. And this is a bit, I mean, this is a rough road trip going out to Tacoma and then going back to Orlando and then out to Chicago. That's, that's some rough scheduling. Um, yeah, it'll be really, really interesting. I feel like I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, 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 it really depends. The, the Orlando it's hard to gauge because Ola rain is not, not only are they very good, but they have a lot of momentum right now. So it's just kind of hard when you get bulldozed like that, it's really hard to tell what's going to happen the week after, obviously. Um, I don't think actually a draw would be the end of the world. I think that you just want to not, I, I do think that again, that first game against the pride was all about momentum. And then once the pride scored, they they get rolling they start to really believe yeah. in themselves and then that's when when things get stretched um so yeah i think it should hopefully be a good game i think if chicago wins this that sets them up really nicely i think in the last three weeks and what they have a game against ol rain that's going to be a tough one they've got a, a game away to ol rain and then they've got a game against kansas city left yeah yeah, so the Chicago's yeah. rest are remainder this this season. Their strength of schedule is it, not horrible. It's not yeah, too yeah. bad, but yeah, they've got yeah. the, they've got Pride, Rain, Kansas City, Pride. So yeah. they're closing yeah. out the regular season against against the Pride. Yeah. Um, what they don't want is they don't want that Pride game at the very end of the season to be win or go home. Yeah, they don't want that one to be the deciding factor. Right. It's, exactly. Uh, Which they yeah. they can just handle your handle business. Get I think if they can get six or seven points out of these last four they will be fine yeah i'm in agreement with yeah, you on yeah. that one uh yeah but gotta first things first gotta, gotta nail the, gotta, <laughs> yeah, gotta, yeah. gotta nail this one down i don't yeah. know i think if i'm looking at both of these teams um man you know if i'm looking at orlando i uh, i just want sydney larue to have an off day maybe in this one if, if martha's available to go 90 i would like her to have an off day too um, I think if on the Chicago side of things for a player that I want to have an impact, those are two very specific players for the prize. So I think maybe Sarah Waldmo, I think I want her to have another one of those games where she's like tasked with a specific player. I'd, I'd like to have her have another good game. Um, I'd like to see Khalil Watt, uh, continue to have an impact. It was good to see her get a goal. She did a lot of cool things also in this, in that Portland Thorns game that maybe we didn't talk too much about besides the goal but um watching Kalia Watt uh absolutely smoke Becky Sarabran in that game was a delight no Becky Sarabran is not like the quickest yeah center back a moment and, where she torched she did but torch she Becky absolutely yeah. yeah set her to flame yeah yeah uh yeah burned that yeah. scorched earth yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. was like not even close yeah um so I would like to see a second consecutive strong game from Paliola. I would like that too. So I think I, I would have like a phase one impact world mode, but my biggest impact, I think I still want to see a, a second consecutive big game for Paliola. How about you? Well, for Orlando, I actually think going back again to that first game and just how this season has gone for them. Um, I think Chicago would do really well to 
put a press specifically on Allie Krieger. Um, Krieger is low key having a really good season, actually. Yeah. Um, she loves, she loved that ball. Yeah. She, yeah. she's like, she's done quite well for them um, this year. And, and I think when they give her time to think, she can really kill you. Um, so I think that you want to be, I think that, you know, like there are some games where you need your attack running back into the midfield. And then there are some games where you need your attack running at the back line. And this yeah. is a running at the back line game. Cause what you need, you need to disrupt what they're doing because Orlando frequently will bypass the midfield entirely. And so if you don't give them time, then they run out of options. And so I think that that is what I would say. It's a very different game plan than playing someone like North Carolina or someone yeah. like Portland. Um, so that is what I would like to see. I would like, if you've got Rachel Hill running, right. Have her running forward this time. Yeah. <laughs> instead of backwards. Um, and then on Chicago's end, I actually think in, in the context of that transition defense, um, I think Cassie Miller needs to have a more impactful mentality, um, whether it's calling for the ball coming off her line she is someone that if she, I mean, if she starts, we've seen Emily Boyd get one start this season. I, I don't, I think they're probably trying not to, you know, rotate too much, especially yeah. with the idea that Nair's probably not coming back. So yeah. um, Miller is going to be tasked with doing more. And I think that this is a game for her to really kind of grab, grab that bull by the horns, because I'm not sure we totally saw that against Portland. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. You got the toes that you have <laughs> got to make them work we'll see what happens uh we'll be here to recap it all for you all as usual folks thank you all for joining us i just want to let you know if you enjoyed what you heard today you can uh support us and our work the best way to do that and the most direct way to do that is via our patron so go ahead over to patreon and find us at Southside trap you can find a tier that works for you because all different kinds of subscriptions starting at the two dollar range all the way to the 25 dollars range all different kinds of perks we're hearing that more of our current subscribers are going to be getting some fun little Yuki Nagasato stuff in the mail soon. So that is exciting. Um, if you are unable to support financially right now, we understand these are hard all over. I just want to let you know that there's a ton of other ways to continue your support of our work. And you can do that by following us on all social uh, media channels like Twitter, Instagram, at Southside Tripod. We form another feed. You can find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Please head on over to those platforms and subscribe. Leave us a rating and leave us a five-star review. That stuff helps us out so much whenever we are continuing to record our podcasts. And I just want to remind everybody to make smart choices, wash your hands, wear your mask when asked, get vaccinated if you are able, and to please continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all next week with another episode. 